horses are at the gate. And they're off. Welcome to Winning Ponies. With the weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Inglehart, racing's regular guy. All right. Well, thanks for joining us one last time in 2021 here on Winning Ponies. I'm John Engelhart. We've had we've had a sensational year. I'll try to recap as many as the highlights as I can, though. I like to think every show is a highlight show. But uh, just kind of thanking so many people that have helped throughout the year. Uh, some professionals I've called on numerous times to to be guests, and they've never turned me down. Great people, all. Uh, the racing game is filled with them. So uh, this week's show, uh, we're going to have a, a, a very familiar voice to you, none other than Rich Eng, noted thoroughbred author, columnist. He wrote a book for me called Racing for Dummies. <laughs> and... Uh, Actually, it's called handicapping for dummies. Um, and uh, so we're going to kind of do a year in review with Rich, and then we're going to tackle not one, not two, but three one-mile races that'll be contested in the days ahead, and uh, they are all Kentucky Derby points races: uh, the Jerome from Aqueduct, the Smarty Jones from Oaklawn, and the Santa Anita. It is the sham, and Rich Eng will be walking us through that. And then uh, our final guest of the year will be none other than John Ball. He's an interesting guy. I mean, this guy has survived a, a, a P-3 aircraft attack in the North Pacific. Uh, he was uh, rescued by Russian fishermen. <laughs> uh, that's just part of his story. But he, he's a Navy guy, but he's also a, a University of Louisville equine management graduate. Not too long ago, we had Sean Byrne on. This guy was a classmate's classmate of Sean Burns uh, back when Sean went there and now he's running the program uh, but uh, John Ball uh, you, you may recall jockey cards a great great collectible because they don't make them anymore luckily I got a couple full sets um, I was a contributing photographer with John over the years and uh, then operated it with Pat Lang for a while down at Keeneland uh, but nonetheless, uh, right now, there's going to be a free contest. Everybody likes that name, free. It's called the Thoroughbred Racing Challenge. And uh, John will give you a couple. Is, and there's no money on the line, but there are some nice things he said stashed away from the jockey star cards over the years that you can get. Basically, it's kind of a fun thing. He sends you the PPs uh, late in the week and you get to pick whoever you want you're in the contest and uh it's fun it's good to see how you stand against other regular guys shall we say so those are our two guests um so let, let's get on to uh, some of the things that have happened uh, over the last week or so i mean with the holiday and everything i hope everybody had a great christmas kwanzaa hanukkah you name it, whatever you celebrate, I hope you had a great one. And I hope you all have a very safe new year coming up. News of the week, Flightline. Remember that name. The grade one Run Happy Malibu's Stakes was won by Flightline 
And this is perhaps the best horse I've seen perform in years, albeit he's only run three races in his life. But they have been awesome. Uh, I watched the race with my son and his jaw dropped. He's like, Dad, I'd never seen anything like this. Uh, Basically, uh, Flight Line got chased the pace just for a brief while, uh, took over and just ran away and ran this year's best buyer figure of 118. He's going to turn three on New Year's Day, folks, three times. His figures are 105, 114, 118. And now he has won graded stakes races. Unbelievable. <laughs> and uh, I love, uh, I got so much information from Jay Privman, but he says, for the third start of his career, uh, this is pretty remarkable, um, quoted Andy Beyer, who created his eponymous figures. All right. Okay. I'm a college graduate, but eponymous, not in my uh, medulla oblongata as words that come out of my lips real easy. By the way, eponymous is being the person or thing for whom something is named. So Andy Beyer created the Beyer figures. Anyhow, 118, flight lines, what you need to know. Keep an eye on this horse. He, he's a son of Tappet. Uh, you've heard of him. Trained by John Sadler. Um, his three races have been a combined 37 and a half lengths. And folks, that 118 Beyer, he was never asked the last, I'll say between 8th and a 16th mile, he was never asked throughout the race. He kind of did it all on his own, but he was wrapped up. And uh, so uh, watch out for flight line. Hey, how about the Pegasus World Cup? Maybe we can get our buddy uh, Pete Aiello in here to talk about it. But uh, the question is, $3 million on the line right now. And it's the first grade one race of the year. Who's going to show up? Well, Nick Sko, who uh, won the race last year, and he's you know all but official horse of the year, is going to make his final career start in the $3 million Pegasus after finishing this year by winning four straight graded races, including the Breeders' Cup Classic. So Nick Sko is expected in there. Life is good, who's beaten only once in his career, seems to be as he grows older. <laughs> Yeah, not much old, uh, is just getting better and better. And so I'm glad that he's going to stick around as a, as a four-year-old. Uh, Fearless is going to be there. He's a definite possibility and uh, just romped in the Harlan's Holiday down there, as a, which is their prep for the Pegasus World Cup. Uh, a Todd Pletcher trainee at Brooklyn Strong's a possibility. Uh, we'll see what uh, he does uh, coming up the next day or two in the Alex Robb's stakes at aqueduct so uh you know those the big names that are going to be out uh probably the first that will come to you is hot rod charlie uh he was the runner-up in last saturday san antonio and he is heading over to dubai to acclimate for the big races over there and that'll be coming up here in just a few days um i I've, i've got to uh start thanking people because I will run out of time. Uh, But before I do that, as you always see those end of the year 
television shows. Uh, you'll see a lot of them tomorrow night as we're waiting for the ball to drop. And uh, you people that passed away, and boy, a lot of them kind of surprise you. Um, of course, in racing, recently we lost, we lost uh, Miguel Mania. Um, but of course, uh, the, the biggest uh, star that we lost, and we don't know how big this star could have possibly been, was Medina Spirit. Died earlier this month from an apparent heart attack after a workout at Santa Anita. But, oh, this horse, uh, there'll be books written about him. He's been mired in controversy since he failed a drug test. By the way, folks, this was equine Claricil before I start getting emails and stuff. Why are these horses taking drugs? Why do you put Claricil on a pimple? The same reason they put a cream on Medina Spirit before the Derby, but the vet didn't check and found out that one of the ingredients was betamethasone, which usually is injected. They proved that it was not. It was a cream, but that doesn't change the rules. If your foot's on the line when you take a three-pointer, the shot doesn't count. We are still waiting to hear of the official score from Churchill Downs. Meanwhile, uh, other horses uh, that you may or may not recall, we never got a chance to see America's Joy. What a shame. This daughter of American Pharaoh cost $8 million at the sale. And uh, she too died in a morning workout. Hers was at Saratoga. How about the great Arazi? People are still talking about his Arazi-like move. Um, so he won, as you recall, six races in a row in France. And then he came from next to last for a five-length win in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile 1991. I, I was there. It was great. He lived to the ripe old age of 32 and passed away on a farm in Australia where he lived his final years. How about the great stallion Bernardini? Kind of forget that he won the 2006 Eclipse Award for top three-year-old after a six-race win streak. Uh, Bernardini, uh, 18 years old. He was euthanized in July. Uh, Danza, winner of the Arkansas Derby. He lived only to be 10 and had a... Uh, uh, apparent uh, heart attack that took him away. And then, uh, let's see, how about English Channel? I mean, boy, when you're handicapped in turf races, you look for two things. English Channel and Kitten's Joy. You find uh, horses by those two stallions, go to the window. Unbelievable influence on, on grass racing in, in North America. How about the great Goldakova? The only horse to win in one division of the Breeders' Cup in three consecutive years. She died at the age of 16 uh, almost a year ago. Uh, but she uh, she was uh, quite the mare when she was running. How about the great stallion Malibu Moon? He was really uh, into mischief before into mischief was himself. Uh, he was the foundation Cyrus Spendthrift Farm. And uh, he died at the very nice mature age of 24 years old. As he left, he sired 126 stakes winners. Uh, Rock Hard 10, you'll remember that name, multiple graded stakes winner. He died over in Korea at the age of 20. And uh, how about uh, Summer Lee? You may recall uh, she won the Kentucky Oaks uh, and she died at the age of 19 of colic. Uh, there's a list is longer, but I really don't want to go into it. So um, let me get to, to I, I 
really enjoy you listening to the show, and I hope you pass it along uh, to, to your friends um, because of some of the great guests we have. And if you miss a show or if you just say, hey, you know, I really wanted to hear that segment on the Jockey movie, they're all they're all up there, folks. So come on over to winningponies.com. And I give you another reason to come on over to winningponies.com, not just, just, not just to check out our guest list. If you are wintering in Florida right now, pull down the, the Winning Ponies Easy Win Forms because we are on fire, okay? Let's talk about earlier today, a $1 Super 5 at Gulfstream. It was in the first race, paid $1,389. Like that number? How about $1,366? Because yesterday we hit that. In a 50-cent pick five at Gulfstream, it's not over. Also, this afternoon, in the eighth race, we hit a $1 super high, high five for 2946 So, we've been having a happy new year <laughs> using the easy win forms. Well, new year is going to get even happier because one of my favorite guests and as i went through the litany of our guests one of our most popular guests here on winning pony rich ing's gonna check in from las vegas and we're gonna do the year in review i'm john engelhart you're listening to winning ponies streaming live the leader in Internet talk radio, VoiceAmerica.com. And they're off! What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with WinningPonies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let WinningPonies.com make some money for you. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com BUSR brings you the best options for Triple Crown season, and now is the time to get in on the action. Bet on the Kentucky Derby with BUSR. Enjoy daily rebates and cash bonuses, including up to a $500 welcome bonus for Winning Ponies listeners. Enter promo code PONIES, P-O-N-I-E-S, when you sign up at BUSR.com backslash ponies. Again, that's promo code PONIES, P-O-N-I-E-S, at BUSR.com backslash ponies. Bet with confidence. Bet with BUSR. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Inglehart, racing's regular guy. The phone lines are open and are toll-free, 1-866-472-5788, or send us an email at show at winningponies.com. John and our guests are looking forward to hearing from you. Have any tips or comments you'd like to share? Any questions we would be happy to answer? Contact us. Now, back to the show, Winning Ponies with John Inglehart. All right, and as I was going through the litany of 2021 guests, <clears throat> a name kept 
surfacing a little bit more than the others. Um, and that was none other than the guy I'm, a, I'm about to talk to. I've known him for many, many years. I've watched his uh, career uh, t- take off like a rocket. And now he's kind of uh, just orbiting the Earth from a place called Las Vegas. Talk to me, Rich Ng. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? <laughs> yeah, I was uh, circling the globe with Santa Claus a few a few days ago, but uh, now uh, now we got the new year coming up. So uh, I'll, I'll give an early happy new year to you and uh, your friends, uh, your family, and all the listeners out there. You know, Rich, uh, over the last actually two years, you've kind of taken us through the whole Vegas scene and what it looked like uh, pre and post COVID. Where are we at right now with the city of lights? Well, we're finally getting back to normal. Um, just to recap a little bit of the, the pandemic year, we, we were shut down for, you know, quite a few months. Uh, I'm trying to remember exactly. It was like March, April, May, and then we opened back up in June. And, um, you know, it's, it's real eerie to not have the casinos open here in Vegas, uh, in Nevada, to have them all shut tight. I mean, there was nothing open. And um, it was really, uh, really a strange uh, sight. The, all the air traffic was uh, was way down. The tourism was rock bottom. But we're coming back, John. I mean, people are coming back. Uh, uh, you know, there's still a, a mask mandate here in Nevada, so I know some people like that. Some people don't. But uh, it's it's right now. It's the rule uh, rather than the exception. And uh, hopefully, at some point, that'll that'll you know go away, uh, depending on how. You know, COVID nineteen and the Omicron are, are are moving along, and um, well, we've got New Year's coming up, and at this point, we still have the party scheduled on the Strip. Usually, we get about three, four, five hundred thousand people, and they make the Las Vegas Strip a pedestrian mall, and then they have about eight uh, these huge casinos on the Strip where they fire the fireworks from the top from uh, Garucci, wow. and it's quite a sight to have eight different rooftop fireworks displays going off at the exact same time it's really you know if people get to see it from all over the world it's it's really something well that sounds great but if you're covid cautious it might not be a place you want to be i'm guessing not everybody's gonna wear a mask rich but hey i'll move on from that i i I have tethered you with a very very difficult job to try to squeeze into about 10 minutes uh in addition to maybe a couple of races we'll look at, but just hit me with like, ah, let's say three or four top highlights or headline grabbers, things that shocked you, things that repeatedly required your attention in the year of racing 2021. Well, I, I guess the story that, you know, jumps off the, the pages of uh, the daily racing forum and other media outlets is, you know, Bob Baffert with winning the, Kentucky Derby with Medina Spirit and, you know, testing positive and, you know, it's been taking months and months and months. In fact, you may have a better update than I do from being, <laughs> the, you know, based in the, the Ohio and in Kentucky. But, you know, uh, we'll see how that moves forward. If if Baffert's going to be able to generate points for his horses or if he's going to have to transfer them to other trainers, if the owner's going to have to do that to try to get Derby points to to make that first Saturday in May, but that's something that was like a more like a dark cloud hanging over the sport than anything else. Um, <clears throat> actually, I had to remind myself who won the Preakness, and I couldn't I couldn't remember, so I had to look it up during your commercial break. 
it was a horse called Rombauer, and I, I didn't, you know. Right. Talk about I'll tell you what, I couldn't have answered that question. <laughs> well, I had to look it up on the internet. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, he, he was an upset winner of the Preakness, so that uh, eliminated any chance of a horse winning the Triple Crown. And then we had a, a phenomenal Belmont Stakes with elusive yeah. quality and Hot Rod Charlie uh, really doing a ding-dong stretch duel. So very, very interesting uh, Triple Crown series. And, you know, as we got into the Breeders' Cup, it uh, was it was out here at Del Mar. The, the, I thought the races were fabulous uh, for the Breeders' Cup. And, you know, one thing about California is, is m- most likely the Breeders' Cup is going to have good weather and it's going to be fast and firm. And I know uh, the European contingent was very strong. They dominated the, the turf racing as they usually do. But, you know, the Americans did well. And Nixco was like the cherry on the top of the Sunday with a with a Bravo performance in the Breeders' Cup Classic, John. Yeah. Now, as I said earlier in the show, I guess we're going to have one last chance to see him uh, in the Pacific Classic. And then he is sweeping off uh, to stud duty. Um, I guess we all got a little uh, taste of uh, a guy by the name of Charles Appleby, as you alluded to some of the Euros coming over here. What a season he had. And uh, I'm trying to think... I don't even want to get into the Hissa stuff because it just seems like every day I see something about Hissa that keeps making me think this baby ain't going to fly. When you tell California and New York, oh, by the way, we're just going to take 10 or 12 million from you for this service. You're going to, you're going to bang some heads. Yeah, that's going to be an issue. Uh, and I really, I don't want to get into it right now either, but uh, you know, that's, that's something that's out there. Um, I do want to talk about two horses in particular that you know basically jumped off the the page with the the kind of performances they did, even though they were kind of spaced out. You know, one whose life is good, and um, you know he was able to come back and uh, win the Breeders' Cup Mile, and uh, he looks like a a superstar type horse for 2022. And the other one we just saw the other day at Santa Anita Flight Line. I'm, I'm sure people from coast to coast are just you know, in utter awe of this horse's uh, speed and class. And, you know, but he's only run three times and every race seems to be spaced out about four months. But um, if he can, you know, keep it together or John Sadler can keep this horse whole and get a a four or five race season out of him uh, this coming year, um, he's going to be a horse that's going to be talked about too as as one of the great ones. But he is unbelievably fast. Flight line and life is good. Give me a lot of hope for 2022. Yeah, I mean, life is good. I, I, I guess uh, we're the beneficiary of his, uh, you know, kind of sparse uh, campaign. I think they want to get more on his resume before uh, he's ushered off to, to stud. But I'm telling you, why, I, I, I led the, the, the show with Flightline. I mean, come on, Rich, a 118 buyer after recording. Uh, two other 100 plus buyers, but it's the way he did it. And I know you know how to watch horse races. Um, the, I mean, he literally stopped riding that horse at the eighth pole. Oh, absolutely, John. And uh, here I want to. I'm going to add some fuel to the fodder in case I get the emails and you get emails or whatever. But you know, I'm an Eclipse Award voter, and so I after the uh, opening day at Santa Anita, I sent in my my selections for horse of the year for the eclipse awards. And uh, I'll admit it right now on your show, I, I voted for flight line for champion sprinter. And I know a lot of people are going to say, you idiot, this horse only ran three times and once in the stakes, but 
I know what I saw, <laughs> and I saw plenty. And uh, I think Jackie's Warrior probably is going to win and deservedly, you know, deserves as much credit as you can give a racehorse. What a tremendous campaign. Steve Asmussen did a brilliant job with the horse. But what I saw on a flight line, uh, you know, I just get the feeling that if, if, he, if he doesn't win the Eclipse Award this year, he's going to win one next year if, he, if John Sadler can keep them together. Oh, I just pray he doesn't step on a pebble because he, you know, he, he gives us, you know, every year we have this, Rich, the, the hope of another secretariat. Um, but I mean, he's got the pedigree. He's in great hands. He's got he's got a great running style where uh, he, he can just stalk for as long as he can. And it just kind of looks like once the jockey gets tired of holding him back, he, he takes over the show. We'll find out. But I, I, I sure hope we all get to see Flightline compete. And he, he's he's the horse that, that that we all you know hope he can. Uh, we we hope he will be. Hey, before we move on to maybe this week's races, I. Uh, you know, as I look through my guest list, another guest that comes up a couple of times, a guy that's out there in Vegas with you, Ralph Sirocco. Uh, you and yeah. Ralph still uh, team up to, uh, you know, uh, give your uh, equine knowledge out to the listening masses? Yeah, the, the, the show is Race Day Las Vegas, and the folks uh, were around five days a week, uh, Wednesday through Sunday. Uh, here on in Vegas, but also uh, on the internet, you can. Uh, the station is KSHP, and that on KSHP.com that you can listen live to all of the the programs, including Race Day, which is uh, five uh, mornings a week. And uh, we'd love to have your listeners join our listeners, and vice versa. Absolutely. That's why I wanted to make sure you got out there, and I didn't want to say it myself because I'd probably uh, screw something up. Well, uh, hard to believe that we're actually getting into point. We're talking about the Kentucky Derby already. Um, looks like a lot of these horses that we're going to look at this week are just kind of stick, sticking their toe in the water to see if they're legit or not. You know, do they need to stay on another circuit or do they need to go to the big time? And uh, this is the time of year we do it. Now, two of the races are just listed uh, stakes races, uh, the, the Jerome and the Smarty Jones. Who knows? Maybe if a good horse comes out of them, they'll become graded again. And the grade three Santa Anita Sham, sadly, is short field, but it is a graded stakes race so rich let's start on the east coast let's start with with the with the jerome um it looks like a pretty fair race to me i i guess you know again it's wide open it's a one-turn mile at aqueduct uh cook creek on the rail uh is the only stakes winner in here and just ran second to a nice little horse by the name of rockefeller we'll talk about later yeah, Rockefeller was a real nice horse, uh, is a real nice horse for Bob Baffert. We'll talk about him later, And but he shifted from west to east, and uh, he did a really nice job in the, the Nashua, uh, Cook Creek. Uh, well, you know, when you've only had three starts, there's still plenty of room in the ceiling. You're, you're not hitting your head up against the roof yet, so you're hoping horses like this, especially uh, when this race is run on January 1st, which is every uh, thoroughbred's birthday, that uh, there is room to grow because the first Saturday in May gives you another five more months of uh, development. So, uh, you know, we'll see how it goes. Uh, the thing that kind of struck me when I looked through the list is, you know, if you're looking for uh, prior Derby winning trainers, uh, quite frankly, you don't see them. You don't, you don't see Dot, uh, Todd Pletcher. You don't see Bob Baffert. You don't, you don't see uh, some of those guys. But you never know. A good horse comes out of, it can come out of any barn in reality. 
Yeah, I mean, whoever heard of Cam Gambolotti before he won the Derby with Spendabuck? <laughs> you know? Oh, yeah. You, you, you have first-class knowledge because he won the cradle stakes over at River Down. So you, you got a chance to see him as a two-year-old. And, you know, I think of a trainer like John Service who, uh, you know, brought a Smarty Jones who's, uh, whose namesake is on the, the Oakland race. But, you know, John Service was kind of toiling in the mid-Atlantic states and all of a sudden – Bingo! You know, Smarty Jones uh, almost won the Triple Crown, and that's that year for him. It was it was great. Uh, it was great uh, for Stuart Elliott up until that the Belmont Stakes. But that's a topic for another day. All right, so. In yep. the Jerome, I'm kind of giving a slight edge to Cook Creek. The horses I like underneath are Cuvassier, Mr. Jefferson, and the Hagler. Who does Rich Ing like in here? Well, I, I tell you what, if I was going to, you know, get get pinned up against the wall for a horse, uh, I'll, I'll try the six, Corvassier, five to one, Jose Ortiz uh, riding for Kelly Breen. You know, you, you can't go wrong with a tappet as far as uh, stretching out. I know this is only a one-turn mile. But, you know, tappets usually get better when they go around two turns. But, uh, you know, this is the kind of horse that, that has the potential to get better and better. And, you know, if I get five to one on a horse like this uh, with Kelly Brain and this kind of pedigree, um, I'll, I'll take a shot. So let's just try the six. Corvassier at five to one with Jose Ortiz. We're, we're talking about Rich Ng. And, yeah, when you talk about Corvassier's pedigree, um, the name of the dam is Take Charge Brandy, who won the Breeders' Cup Phillies. She won the uh, grade one starlet. And... Uh, she ended up earning 1.6, almost $1.7 million. And uh, when I look at her running style, she was best at a mile or a little bit over a mile. And the Jerome, right at a mile. So, yeah, I, I, I certainly will co-sign y- your pedigree play on A. All right, let's move out to the middle of the country, Rich. Oaklawn Park, by the way little weather report here for you. I, mean, I feel like a media urologist. Um, it, <laughs> we're definitely, definitely going to have rain in New York. 70% chance of rain at Oaklawn. So how this changes uh, the, the way you, you're going to handicap this race, I don't know. But uh, they're packing the gate for those derby points. And I'll be honest with you, Rich. I mean, Asmussen's got three in here, but I, I'm having a hard time seeing who's floating to the top in here. Um, you, you know, Homebrew's got 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 a win at Oaklawn, uh, but so does this uh, Kavad, even a little bit faster. Now, Kavad's was at six furlongs. Homebrew won at the distance at Oaklawn. Might be a little edge, and this is a Jarul Cox tandem that's dangerous. Yeah, Brad Cox has been showing off a lot of really talented two-year-olds at Churchill and now into the Oaklawn meet. Uh, one of them that I like an awful lot is, is not in this race, but just graduated a few days ago, a horse called Cyberknife that uh, I was impressed by. I've been following that cult, uh, finally won in his third start. But Cox has uh, two others in here, and you got to keep an eye on them. You know, he's got, the, as you said, the three home brew, and he's also got the eight, uh, is Vivar. But, uh, you know, he's, if, if he, if he goes the way that he could typically go, he could end up with two, three, four horses in the Kentucky Derby because he'll have to, as these horses progress, he'll have to separate them and they'll be getting points. So Brad Cox is a very dangerous player for this triple crown season. Now, I mean, wide, wide open race, Rich. Uh, were there one or two horses that came to the top for you in the Smarty Jones? 
Well, you know, when I'm handicapping uh, for for a living, uh, you know, a race like this, I call it a dart throw race because this is the kind of race you could throw. You could you could pin the two pages of the daily race world against the wall and throw a dart at it, and <laughs> whoever it hits might be the horse. Or, or if you have a dog with a, a paw that could paw it on the ground, it's just such a wide open race. And you know, you got 14 going a mile, yeah. which tells me right off the bat if you're on the outside, the 14, 13, 12, 11, you are going to have a tough time. Which, because I call those parking lot posts when you're going from a, a, a two turn a mile with a short run into that first turn, you're going to get stuck out and you know hot dog stand. So uh, right off the bat, I would kind of say uh, I would be looking more toward the inside, which horses that have a shorter run into that first turn, and so that kind of leads me to maybe the two or the three. Two is uh, all in sync with uh, Santana riding for Steve Asmussen. and this horse just graduated. But I, I noticed that man Joel Rosario was riding last time out, and I think if Joel was not injured, he probably would be riding right back on this horse. So, uh, but uh, that that might actually help the odds. This horse is eight to one in the morning line with Santana for Asmussen. and then the Homebrew is probably a horse that also should get a lot of support. Won uh, an optional claimer with Florent Giroux, and. Uh, I was just a prep for this, so uh, I, I think he could. He's got tactical speed. It's in a nice trip too. We'll find out. But as Rich said, uh, get the your uh, Christmas present. That was a dartboard out and tack this <laughs> racing form up on it. I, I totally agree with you. You notice I didn't take a stand too hard in this one. And to be honest, Rich, out in your neck of the woods, not that you live there, but I know you you concentrate a lot on Santa Anita with your handicapping. We've got mm-hmm. another really short field with a couple of Baffert horses. So you'd say, well, just put a ring around one of those. Not so quick. I mean, uh, there's some other horses in here. You got McKinnon, you got Oviat class, but the Baffert trainees do look like they could have a small edge. What I find interesting, you know, always you see this so many times where Baffert's got two horses in, and the name of the game is always go to the horse with the longer odds. And in this case, it would be New Grange, who's only run one time over his stablemate, Rockefeller. Yeah, you know, the, the thing about Rockefeller was when he broke his maiden, uh, folks, on August 28th, uh, because of the pandemic, that was the weekend of the National uh, Horse Players Championship out in uh, Vegas that was held over at Bally's. Usually it's in January, but they pushed it back because of the pandemic and the casinos being closed. And I was with uh, a mutual friend of ours, a fellow named Steve Bick. We were actually uh, <laughs> uh, doing a show, and we watched this race together, and both of our jaws dropped as how impressive this horse was at Delmar breaking his maiden, uh, he kind of stubbed his toe the second time out, but w- was running up against a stablemate from Baffert called Corniche, who probably is going to be the champion two-year-old, uh, 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 John. So, uh, you know, no shame losing to Corniche. But then he shipped the horse to New York and won the Nashville pretty easily. So, you know, Baffert's the kind of guy, he's got so many two-year-olds that he probably can use a horse like Rockefeller to be a barometer for how his other horses stand so, uh, you know, not, and not, not that he's throwing Rockefeller to the wolves. I think this horse might be a wolf rather than the, the, the hunted. So, um, <laughs> but, but he can actually get an idea of, uh, how some of his others stand just by how this horse ran in New York and how this horse is going to run in, in California. And who knows? He, he might ship this horse to Oakland later on for, uh, you know, one of the prep races there. So, uh, very interesting animal. And the fact that he can travel and win, 
uh, shows some maturity to me that uh, this is a nice, very nice horse. Oh, Rich, you, you always open up our eyes to something, and that is a great evaluation, is that Baffert knows, at least that he thinks he knows at this point in time, who his best horse is. So let's see who, you know, lines up with the best. And quite frankly, only he and his hairdresser know for sure. Well, Rich Eng, <laughs> I thank you very much. I know you had a good Christmas, and all I can do is wish you Happy New Year. Well, thank you, John. And again, I said at the start of the show, uh, my segment in the end, I, I wish you and your family and friends a happy new year and to all the listeners out there. And, you know, with this pandemic thing, all I know is this 2022 has got to be a better year than 2021. So let's let's hope for that. All right, Rich Ng, tuning in from Vegas to Winning Ponies. Going to take a quick break. and we come back, we're going to get it on the ball. That's right. John Ball is going to be with us. You're listening to Winning Ponies. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com And they're off! What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with WinningPonies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let WinningPonies.com make some money for you. BUSR brings you the best options for Triple Crown season, and now is the time to get in on the action. Bet on the Kentucky Derby with BUSR. Enjoy daily re- Rebates and cash bonuses, including up to a $500 welcome bonus for Winning Ponies listeners. Enter promo code PONIES, P-O-N-I-E-S, when you sign up at BUSR.com backslash ponies. Again, that's promo code PONIES, P-O-N-I-E-S, at BUSR.com backslash ponies. Bet with confidence. Bet with BUSR. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Englehart, racing's regular guy. The phone lines are open and are toll-free, 1-866-472-5788, or send us an email at show at winningponies.com. John and our guests are looking forward to hearing from you. Have any tips or comments you'd like to share? Any questions we would be happy to answer? Contact us. Now, back to the show. Winning Ponies with John Inglehart. All right, and with me now, John Ball, a guy that I've known for, I'm going to say, 30 years. I could be in the ballpark. I might, I might not. But uh, John, uh, years ago, uh, created something that turned out to be a, a great racing collectible, and it was, I believe at the time, called the Horse Star Jockey Card uh, Collection, of which I am happy to say is a hoarder. I have a couple, plus John reached out to me as a photographer and said, hey, do you got photos of Ba-ding, ba-doom, 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 and I usually did, so I was happy to give them to him and so happy to see him published. John Ball, how are you? Those were days in the past. You're moving forward, but that that was a, a very creative thing that you created back in the day. Yes, sir. I, that, that was a lot of fun. I just, 
marched into Tom Meeker's office and I threw the idea at him. He said, well, let's do it. And, um, went from the jockey card or excuse me, the derby cards to the jockey cards to the breeders cup, um, ended up, um, uh, working marketing director for the jockeys guild. So I got to meet a lot of fine folk and had a lot of real good years. You know, I'm trying to think, John, why did that ever stop? I thought it was great. And I've been there personally when young jockeys would open up a pack of cards and find their card in there. It's kind of like Steve Martin when he found his name in the phone book and the jerk. He's like, I am somebody. Look at this. I've got a horse star card. It was great. Well, you're right. And we've talked about this many times. Um, Really does my heart good. Um, A lot of the, you know, jocks just beg to be on the cards. And we try to put, you know, the journeyman jockeys, the Hall of Famers, the up-and-coming guys. But we also put apprentices. And as you can remember, Rodney Dickens was on that first set of cards. And I wasn't there at Keeneland when he came up to John Giovanni and he said, uh, am I on the cards? And John handed it up to him and he flipped through and his eyes just, they were just uh, like uh, uh, silver dollars. And unfortunately, and unfortunately later, you know, a week later, I think it was that um, Rodney uh, got injured in a race, but we, uh, we made those cards for five years under my company banner, and then the Jockeys Guild actually hired me to make them for the, the guild itself. So there are 10 years of cards. Um, as you right remember, others don't, and I don't like to talk about negative things, but some storm clouds hit the Jockeys Guild right around 2000. And yeah, I saw sure. those coming, and there were other things going on. Personally, I was offered an opportunity, so... I can't believe it, but I packed up my uh, tack and moved to Pennsylvania. So I've, uh, I'm still here, although uh, as of uh, next year, I'll probably be back in the, in the bluegrass state. Well, I, I hope someday they become very, valu- very valuable. Uh, I just sold two comic books for 7500 so all that crap in my basement might be worth something someday. And as I said earlier, I do have collections of the jockey cards, and they are pretty neat. I remember, too, John, something you did that was really good for racing, and I really wish that they would give birth to your project again, uh, was that you – uh, centralized were able somebody was able to centralize cards so a lot of the packets of cards you got in New Jersey weren't the same as the ones you got in Cincinnati weren't necessarily the same ones you got in uh, Los Angeles but the thing was is in those areas you had the local riders and it was so neat because I used to watch little kids run up to like I'll just say Rodney Prescott and try to get his autograph. Jeff Johnston tried to get his autograph. And these names might not jump off to the people in New York and California, but those in the Midwest know those guys as leading trainers at meet local meets. And, you know, it was just, uh, it was just something else for these guys to literally kind of have their, as we would say, baseball card. It's like, it was it was fantastic, and I would just love to see it come back. But you know what, John? You and I could talk about this all day because we're personally involved in it. But right now, I want to talk to not only the commander but the commissioner. Now, uh, <laughs> yes. let's talk about the Thoroughbred Racing Challenge. We got a lot of people out there that just hopefully donated a boatload of money uh, to the tornado victims in Kentucky. And then maybe saved a little money for their family. And 
They really like to stay busy with handicapping contests, but just don't have the money. What do they do? Well, that's the good thing about it. No money's required. All you want, in fact, you don't even need to know anything about horse racing. This is going to educate you on along along the way. And the one thing I will absolutely guarantee you: by the time it comes around the Triple Crown, you will know Flightline from all those other horses. You'll know uh, something about uh, Homebrew. You will have followed them through these thirty races heading up to the Derby and and the other Triple Crown, and you'll have fun doing it. It won't cost you a dime. No, well, kind of, number one, I want to tell everybody, quick, get your pen and paper out, which you should always have at the top of Winning Ponies. I'll, you know, to berate them later, John. But walk us through what it is they do so they can write down how they get a hold of you and how they get signed up for the contest. Yeah, it's real easy. Going back in time, we actually ran this as a private uh, a family thing from uh, the 90s and in 2000, uh, 2000. So 20 years ago, we took it online, and then just at 2020, uh, we uh, invited our friends and family. So, And we have much bigger friends and family now. I have four sons and eight grandsons and four uh, daughter-in-laws who are all racing fans, but uh, they're all participating in this, and everybody else can too. And the, the place you need to go, the name of the website is thoroughbredracingchallenge.com. Now, that's a long name, but we'll also go to the other website that we use, Derby Duel 2000. That's when we turned it online. So you can find either one of those, thoroughbredracingchallenge.com or derbyduel2000.com. You sign up. You pick your own player name. We'll never uh, reveal your uh, email address to anyone. You'll get your uh, invitation to uh, know when to go to the website to pick your next horses. Uh, you'll get some handicapping information from me via a YouTube video, uh, via blind copy in, a, in an email. So nobody else will know your email. They're not going to, you know, uh, spam you or do anything like that. You're going to be uh, your player name. We got we have Ron Turcotte playing, but it's not the Ron Turcotte. It's a guy who <laughs> loves Secretariat so much. When we told him you could pick your own horse, he wanted to be Ron Turcotte. So, there you go. I, I know a guy by the name of Eddie Arcaro. Can he play? <laughs> well, <laughs> he can, and he can, he can uh, you know, Eddie's not going to sue him. I can, I can guarantee him that. So if he wants to play as uh, Eddie Arcaro, sir, he can do that. <laughs> but but it, it, it is fun. And what's neat, John, is you do a great job as the commissioner um, in kind of recapping for everybody, hey, here's what happened last week, you know, uh, you know, this horse or this horse, keep an eye on them in the future. And now coming up this week, the show's going to move to New Orleans or Florida or, you know, wherever the action happens to be. And you kind of set the stage for each week's action and then give a, a nice recap of what happened last week. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Like I say, I do on my uh, YouTube. It won't be a long video, but I'll spend uh, three or four minutes talking about each one of the races. And the first two are coming up this weekend. So if you go on there now, you can um, sign up. um, And the scoring will be as if you placed a $2 win place show wager. So if uh, you pick the right horse, you'll get a combined of the win payoff, the place, and the show payoff combined. If you only get the place, you'll get the place and show. And if you get the show, obviously, that's the amount you make. If you tap out, then you are minus $6. You don't lose that money, but in your tally, that's what you are. So you can keep on 
a track of your return on investment. Because if you're not uh, getting a positive ROI, uh, you probably shouldn't be betting your lunch money. <laughs> hey, let me tell you, you've got some good handicap in there because I, you know, I'm thinking, oh, you know, maybe I got a little leg up on these guys. I'm going to have guests on my show every Thursday night from all corners of the handicapping world. Give me a little leg up. <laughs> Didn't help me one bit, John. You've got you got some good handicappers out there, but hey, I'm not saying that Andy Byer and uh, you, you know uh, Anthony Big Ace Stabile are coming in and taking over this contest. It's for fun, ladies and gentlemen. And I didn't know any of the names on the list, although some of them are made up. Uh, but nonetheless, it, it, it's fun. And but there is a, a little pot of uh, gold at the end of the rainbow for the winners, right, John? Uh, certainly, the uh, top three winners will um, uh, get some major prizes. Uh, all the jockey cards are produced from 91 to 95. It's Breeders' Cup, Derby cards, some special promotional cards. Uh, for example, we had actually, by uh, happenstance, we had two uh, Secretariat rookie cards because uh, Churchill wow. Downs uh, didn't want the first photo that we had. So we ended up with two of those. Those in the top uh, standings will get those. And then anybody with a positive ROI will get a autographed Pat Day card. We put those in the uh, 1993 jockey cards to incentivize the trading card uh, salespeople to buy a whole carton of cards because one of those contained the uh, autographed card. Um, and we got Pat to, to make a lot of uh, autographs for us, and uh, I retained some of those. I gave the majority on, uh, to Pat. Uh, for those that didn't sell during that year, but uh, we've now have offered this now uh, uh, 30 years later, so it it's, it should be fun. Uh, you, it, I can I'll send you a letter of authenticity that says this is Pat Day's autograph, and you'll and you'll be assured of that. Awesome, awesome. All right, we're talking with John Ball. We're going to give it to you one last side. I'll I'll let John say it so I don't screw it up. There's two ways that you can partake in the Thoroughbred Racing Challenge. And John, last chance for our listeners out there with a pad and pen, give it to them. It is just as you said, the thoroughbredracingchallenge.com or derbyduel2000.com. Now, why is it 2000? That's when we went online with our family. We did it online, so we had that uh, website from theirs. So we picked it up, and, and we were going to focus just on the Derby, but then we, we thought, well, thoroughbred racing, we're going to do all of thoroughbred racing, and not just on the Derby. So that's why we use that uh, shortened form. All right. Well, all right, folks, you, you've you've got it. It's right there. John Ball, I trust you had a great Christmas. I know you're going to be slowly making your way into a, a new place down there in Louisville. I wish you nothing but the best and make sure I get the address so I can crash your 4th of July party, okay? Roger that and maybe even invite you down for the Derby. How about that, John? Hey, I'll probably be there, John. I like it. All right. That was John Ball. Uh, and I, I want to thank him very much. I want to thank him when he got me uh, in, involved in, in the, the jockey card uh, uh, whole system that he put in back in the day. It was Hey, just as exciting to, for those jockeys opening it up. It was uh, uh, exciting for me to see my uh, photos published. I do believe over those years, uh, at least one of them was a photo of Pat Day. But, you know, we're coming to the close of uh, uh, 2021, uh, and hopefully we're 
putting the COVID crap behind us. Uh, this isn't a political ad, but please get vaccinated, folks. 98% of the people that are in the hospitals right now are people that toughed it out. Didn't get vaccinated. I don't need it. And sad to say, they a lot of them need it pretty bad right now. So it's as bad as it ever was. Be careful out there. Okay. Who do I thank? I don't know. The list is too long. I should have had a whole show of people just thanking. But I, I got a couple minutes left. Uh, luckily, my new producer, Andrew, will keep me in line and let me know. I want to thank uh, my older producer, Josh, uh, for all the shows that he limped through with me and gave, gave me guidance. Um, so let's see, you know, just some of the really uh, great guests of interest just recently. How about Clint Bentley, the director of Jockey? Uh, he himself is a son of a jockey. Uh, it's an excellent movie. I, matter of fact, I was listening to a radio show today, and the movie reviewer was talking about this as being one of the best films uh, of, the, of the year. So that was Jockey. And how about, uh, speaking of jockeys, Jackie Erika da Silva uh, telling us about what went into his book, Riding for Freedom. I mean, uh, not only is he a champion jockey who's won the world's biggest races, but uh, – Man, what a tumultuous upbringing he had uh, to get to where he is. Um, I literally did not put this book down. I picked it up, sat on the porch, and read it from Flagfall to That's All. Uh, just a fantastic book. Um, and uh, how about uh, current jockey Deshaun Parker? What a year uh, he's he's had. Uh, you know, we we're so happy. I, I got him on after he got the the George Wolf Award. But this is great. This was just weeks after the passing of his father, Daryl, uh, who was a friend of mine, a great guy, the first uh, uh, black racing official in the state, in North America, as a matter of fact. Um, and then, uh, as far as stewards are concerned, and then uh, his agent just few months before that, Billy Johnson was one of the best guys and best agents in the business passed away. So a tough year for Deshaun Parker, but what a class act. And he finishes out on top, winning the George Wolf Award. Of course, I want to make sure I get this in before I get cut off. And you look down at the sand and you only see one set of footprints. You wonder where the guy went that was walking alongside you. And a guy that's carried me a lot, the former host of this show, Ed Meyer, I, I can't thank him enough. He, he was always at my beck and call uh, when I needed him, but everybody loves Ed. What can I say? And then, you know, handicappers you're familiar with that you see on the air a lot, uh, Matt Bernier, uh, Joe Christofek, um, you know, Rich Perloff from TVG. I got to know him this year. And, of course, uh, you know, award-winning writers like uh, Jay Privman from the Daily Racing Forum on the East Coast, Dan Elman, the Blood Horse, uh, served us up Byron King on a regular basis, along with Frank Angst from the Pollock Report. It was Joe Nevels, who's become the Prince of Pedigrees. Uh, Matt Schiffman, I got introduced to him by Brian Zipsy for, from Horse Racing Nation. He worked with us. And, of course, Eric Wing from Horse Tourneys has helped us a lot. So I try to drop as many names as I can. The list would go on. The main thing is I want to thank you for listening, and I want to wish you nothing but the best in this year to come. And uh, be safe. Have a great time. And whatever you do in 2022, tune back into Winning Ponies on a regular basis. I'm John Engelhart. Happy New Year.
You're listening to Winning Ponies. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with John Inglehart. We hope the information from today's show will benefit you at the next post. Join us for more insight next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Also, look for our weekly newsletter. Have a great week, and may your photos always be winners.